Hello and welcome to I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast featuring the open-minded musings of two early 40s curmudgeons staring at the prospect of entertainment irrelevance, which is happening in about an hour or so. I'm your co-host, Bill William Scurry uh, of American Caesar Enterprises and uh, of this podcast. You know me, you love me. And I am joined, as always, by my fantabulous co-host... I am Noah Tarno of the big quiz thing, the trivia game show Spectacular. I know you don't like Spectacular as a noun, Bill. I don't. I am standing by it. It's in my freaking logo. I'm kind of committed to it. No, you, look, I understand that. This is this is me uh, pushing against the rock of modernity. I just feel like that means the plural is spectaculars, which doesn't sound... Yeah. I, I just can't, I can't reconcile that, you know? Life is hard, Bill. You suffer unlike anyone else on earth. I suffer unduly. It is unduly. It is, yeah. it is me. It is for me to have to bear this yeah. uh, suffering. Yeah. Hashtag me too. People are using words as nouns that I don't like. I've suffered. Man, I can't wait until people use this podcast to take me down until the right wing searches through every single minute of this thing and, and, and looks yeah. for you know audio to hang me with. You know that's that's what exactly. this is eventually going to be used for. Of course, of course, because that's how everything's going to happen eventually. Because hypocrisy reigns. All right, so let's let's talk about happy stuff, or at least happier stuff. What are we talking about today, Bill? We are discussing our show. a small, itty-bitty, newborn, end of 2001 little baby, a homuncular fetus, a small, undifferentiated uh, sack of uh, blastocyte cells called Sean Mendez. Sean uh, Mendez, Canadian singer-songwriter. He was not born in 2001, dude. He was born in, like, he was born in 98. He's almost 20. Uh, he's almost 20. <laughs> so you see you see where we're going to with this. So Sean Mendez, yeah. who, you know, I picked his name out of a hat because I knew he was a thing and you know, right. the education for this show is always like i find out more about this you know it's a punt sometimes like oh what's what are the kids into what's a name i've heard yeah what's a name i've heard and i think oh yeah. that that's what that that this is what that is what yeah. what and yeah. this was one of those two where it was like that's it, what this that is, is the song i've heard emanating from starbucks's over the last few months starbucks now again that's there's got to be how about stars buck how as a plural okay. stars stars buck yes okay <laughs> Starbucks's doesn't sound right. I don't know. I'm, I'm Starbucks's. Yeah. Technically, it's Starbucks's. Cause, cause yeah, I hate that. Starbucks. I, I can't work. That doesn't work for me. What? What? I don't know what to tell you about working no, for I, you, I, man. That's language. I don't want you. Look, I, you can't. You can't solve the problem. You can just listen to me and be a friendly. Okay, ear, that's all. I could just let you rant. Keep ranting. Any, Go. Anyway, so uh, uh, Sean <laughs> Mendez is a Canadian singer and songwriter, and for those of you who don't know, Canada is the largest state to the north uh, of the United <laughs> States. Um, he said he was 19 years old. Noah, right? He um, he will be 20 on August 8th. So, so he's, he is, he's he is rapidly nearly a, 20. His his all, pimples are almost gone. So he started gaining a following in 2013, right? He is a small baby child who's watching YouTube. And Vine, I think more importantly, this is the, the reemergence uh, in our discussion, our topical discussion of Vine, the defunct app, which used to put up short 
term uh, videos that were six I think seconds. six seconds a piece. Six seconds each. So this kid sort of grew up on YouTube and Vine watching people do covers and he got this fanatic devotion to the guitar. So he taught himself tabulatures yeah. and fingering and fretting on YouTube. He actually self-taught himself, which is redundant. Self-taught himself. He self-taught himself, yeah. Using Vine as the fuel and YouTube as the mechanism, he began to... I think it was the other way around. I think YouTube was the fuel and Vine was the mechanism. Either way, you get the point. Uh, things, <laughs> yeah, things... you started the language conversation. Yeah, you right. opened the floodgates of language curmudgeonness in this episode. So curmudgeonality. Reap what you sow, my friend. So after 2013, he was putting up a lot of covers on Vine. He was using the shit out of Vine, which, again, six-second snippets of other people's yeah. songs. He was such a huge, I think he was like the third most popular person on Vine in 2014. So naturally that catches the attention of A&R, AOR people or A&R people, whatever the actual A&R. Uh, A&R. So Island Records got him. Island, the redoubtable uh, UK and uh, American record label that had U2 among other people. It led him to signing a deal and then he went on to release an EP, if that kind of thing means anything, in July 2014. I don't know what, what the difference is, but for all intents and purposes, his story begins with a, an album called Handwritten, which was in 2015 and the top single was a song called stitches which went to the top 10 in the united states and canada number one in the uk second album was called illuminate 2016 and it was supported by singles called treat you better and there's nothing holding holding me back and apostrophe and Not, apostrophe nothing holding caulfield me back he opened for Taylor Swift on her North American leg of her world tour in 2015. And yeah. that was a big fact. There's no bigger kingmaker than Mr. Taylor Swift, exactly. Mr. Taylor. <laughs> well, maybe Taylor Dane. But not Taylor. <laughs> so that album went crazy. His third album came out this year, I believe in June. Yeah. It's called Shawn yeah. Mendes, uh, self-titled. Yeah. You know, all three albums were nutty in terms of Billboard. They all to uh, went atop the Billboard 200. I have a trivia question for you. Yes. Sorry to sidetrack you, but this is yeah. this is what makes it fun. Shawn Mendes is one of only 10 people to score a number one Billboard album before the age of 18. How many of those 10 can you name? And no. I'm, I'm talking solo. Michael Jackson getting a number one album with the Jackson 5. I don't know. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. Doesn't count. Solo artists under 18, number one album. Under 18? Under 18. There are 10 people, and three oh, of those people man. did it twice. Wayne Newton? No, Wayne Newton. Uh, Shirley Temple? <laughs> I'm, out, I'm out of my depth in this one. So Shawn Mendes, uh, Britney Spears, Justin Bieber twice, Demi Lovato. It doesn't surprise me a lot of these are recent. Miley Cyrus twice, Hilary Duff. Now we're getting to the classics. Leanne Rimes twice, Tiffany, sure. Stevie Wonder, and blah, I'm going to make you guess this one. 1950s or 60s first got famous on TV. Not Wayne Newton. You're, you know what? I know. You're thinking the right answer. You're getting Wayne Newton confused with the real answer. It's not Elvis Wayne Presley, Wayne Newton was the Vegas it? guy. No, not, no, not Elvis. No, I, I Come can't. Come on. He was on TV with his parents and his sister. Donny Osmond? No. Parents and his sister? Cut. Yeah. 1950s sitcom. Michael Lookinland? <laughs> no. His sons were identical twins. Oh, uh, uh, Ricky, Ricky Nelson? Ricky Nelson. Okay. I like there that's a point of reference is sons who were like one hit wonders. Oh man, I, I, I you know, I'll, write to us. Let us know if anyone knows who the fuck Ricky Nelson is. Everybody, that's what oh, I'd like on. to know. Seriously, talk Nelson. about the uh, pop culture Nelson, Armageddon. Is Ricky Nelson still alive? He must. Uh, no, he no, he died. He died. Ricky Nelson. Really? Died, I think. Yeah, he died. He, didn't he die of like a plane crash or something like that? No. Oh my God, he did. I forgot. Yeah, he died in 1985. Yeah, that was a pretty. Um, uh, the day the music yeah, died, right. part ten. Yeah. <laughs> 
How did I forget that death? Here we maybe, go. Oh, maybe yeah, you're right. It was a plane crash. Maybe it was. The I biggest... always get him confused with Randy Rhodes, the guitarist for Ozzy Osbourne. Yes, or even uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan died in a helicopter I, crash. And I get him Billy, confused. Billy Graham, Graham, the concert impresario, also died. I in get I get Ricky Nelson confused with Otis Redding because they looked so much alike. I guess the day that uh, Ricky Nelson died is that I guess that's the day the music got a hangnail. If you can't quite say it was the day the music died. <laughs> It's the day the music congealed. So, it's the so day the music felt slightly child. blue. Yeah, we're, Sorry. we're talking about a small child here. This is where we're beginning. So I'm going to throw it over to Noah now to see yeah. because he undertook a painstaking scholarship of this guy's music and cross-referenced it with uh, many papers and white papers and journals and whatnot to see. So what do you think of this kid? Uh, my first question, to, to, to keep it off topic, just because this is what I thought of, is when did the name Sean stop being spelled S-E-A-N? So Sean Mendes spells it S-H-A-W-N. I feel yeah. like when I was a kid, kid sean was s-e-a-n right yeah sure and i feel sure, like it's yeah. only in recent years well jay-z's real name is sean carter spelled that way right yep. i feel like the first time i saw sean spelled phonetically was uh sean michaels the pro wrestler i don't even think that's his real name but now i feel like i see sean spelled the sean mendes way more often than s-e-a-n so i'm just yeah. curious when that happened was are there people in our parents generation named sean that way or just all irish guys spelled s-e-a-n right it was gaelic you know the, the s-e-a-n is, is gaelic like and Sean, this is just, you know, transliteral. So, hey, here's a bigger question for you. When did Jeff go from uh, an equal sharing of, of G-E-O-F-Fs to a complete hegemony, a mastery of J-E-F-Fs? When did that I feel place? like when I was a kid, most of it was J-E-F-F. And I remember meeting someone who was G-E-O-F-F and thinking that was odd. So I don't feel like that's changed in my lifetime. I feel like that's been overwhelmingly dominated by the J spelling since time immemorial. But I could be wrong. This is going to be our spinoff podcast. <laughs> oh, you know what? I'd be interested in that. I like names. I'm always fascinated male, by names. Male first names with no one, Bill. Male first name with no one, Bill. Uh, so Sean Mendes is... The, the thought I had last night while listening to him is... He's the modern version of Harry Nilsson, and I kind of backformed. <laughs> I kind of backformed that just because I was I to take a break from listening to Shawn Mendes. I started listening to Harry Nilsson. I said that I had that thought in my head, and then I'm like, okay, is there an argument I could be make? I can make that makes that true. And then I thought about it for about five minutes. I said, there's other than the fact that. He plays guitar and sings, and he's white, and it's in English. They really have nothing in common. So I, you can't say that. So he's not Harry Nilsson. Uh, uh, Sean Mendes, this seems accurate, is John Mayer meets Ed Sheeran meets a sheet of blank paper. I think that's accurate, yeah. Yeah, you know, this guy... Wait, is it, is, is it le like lined paper, yellow legal? Like, what type of paper? Uh, I'll give him lined. I'll give him hole-punched, you know? I'll give okay. him that. Hey, that's uh, generous. But, but yeah. he's, he's very bland. He's not bad. I don't think he's terrible. I think he's very run-of-the-mill, very unexcited. Uh, but he can play guitar. He's got a good voice, but it's very cliche, the whole... I mean, he sounds a lot like Justin Timberlake in a lot of songs. A very, like, you know, cute white guy trying to sound mildly black, but it doesn't really sound black anymore because white guys have been singing this way for so long that it ceased to be strongly identified with African-American culture. His voice is... Especially if you look at those early vines, like, he's just imitating what he's... Whatever, and he was 14, so can you blame him? Uh, he's very bland he's very factory direct his songs are not very exciting i don't think they're bad i think there's some good songwriting there and some decent performance and a few of his songs are actually i would say even fun and catchy his new single nervous actually i would say i like because not only does it have a kind of a kicky melody it's the first time he has any sense of humor like i listen to a bunch of his songs i'm like this guy takes himself way too seriously or forget this guy like his his Svengali's make him take himself 
week. His Seriously. team, exactly. Right. Yeah. And, and he co-wrote at least most of his songs, so there's that. But he's he's definitely a machine product. And But nervous, like, he's the video's kind of funny. You know, he's got a sense of humor about it, so that's nice. He's maturing and getting better. So he's super bland, and even said that, like, his influences are Ed Sheeran and John Mayer. Like, that's as far back as this dude goes. And, like, and you know, you see interviews with him. He sent me that clip of him eating wings and talking about himself, and he doesn't sound very thoughtful, and he doesn't sound very deep. But he's trying, and, and he's he's loaned his time and his energy and some of his money to some very good causes. He's one of these, we talk about these things from time to time. I don't like this stuff barely at all, but, you know, it's fine. It's, it's fine. It's just whatever. It's pop music, and this shit comes and goes. You know, we were talking before we recorded, like, the big, you Google him now, the big story is like, what does he think about? So he used to date this, this model, this blank-eyed model, Haley Baldwin, and now she just got engaged to Justin Bieber, so like, Sean Mendes breaks his silence on Bieber and Haley's engagement. He congratulated them. Like, I, I literally could not care less. He, he's in that world, which doesn't endear me to him, but he's a kid. So he's unthreateningly cute, unthreateningly talented, an unthreatening level of star power and vocal power. His music's very cliche, but, you know, not the worst thing in the world. In one ear, out the other, big effing deal. What about you? Yeah, I think unthreatening is the keyword here that, you know, he first of all, yes, he is young. I can't fault him for being blank and unexamined. And, you know, you're expecting someone who's 19 years old to deliver a, a quote uh, about something semi-profound, even about his own station. It is like he just... I mean, I know we keep asking pop stars to do this. We keep, you know, as soon as the Beatles get off of the plane at, at Shea Stadium, we're sticking a microphone in their face and saying, what do you yeah. think of America? But one of the reasons the Beatles are so great is they saw that as an opportunity to take the piss out of everything. They did, and then they, not and everybody Shawn has... Shawn Mendes is not doing that, which means right. that I don't care how good, how much this kid develops, he's never going to be remotely in the league of the Beatles. No, of course not, but it, it's, it's still unfair to expect anybody to do it. It's not, it's not a good thing to do to anybody, especially a blank bland, perma-polite, Canadian, pretty young boy like this guy. If you had in your head the picture of a Canadian teenager, that's exactly what this guy looks like. He's all big eyes, soft features, yeah. a shock he'd be of wear, brown hair. He'd be hair. wearing a toque, though. Yeah, and so he's you know, he's slim, he's thin, he's, his, and his voice has this really syrupy falsetto. Uh, everything about him suggests that, like the kids today who make a lot of hay are usually excellent. I mean, I one of the things, with the exception of Alana Del Rey on the show, who we, we proved beyond the shadow of a doubt can't sing for a lick, just about everybody else we've talked about has this incredible talent. It's whether or not they're using it in anything we want to hear them. Bruno Mars is obviously knows every single thing uh, about music, and it just I just don't like what he puts out into the world, but there's no doubting the talent of somebody like that. Likewise, this kid was so young, and he was self-trained. No one cultivated him, apparently, other than social media and the internet. But he taught himself how to do these things and discovered this talent he had. You could have put him in a conservatory and he could have studied the, you know, the practical, you know, the way to hold a guitar to fret properly when you're playing like flamenco songs or Spanish guitar or, or <laughs> dobro, you know, and he He's could the have new Django Reinhardt. He could have he could have been this very classically trained, uh, technically excellent master at everything. Yeah, probably sang really well, has perfect pitch, all that yeah. stuff. And the he would have sold four that, records, and no one would have cared. And he never would have dated Haley Baldwin. He would have dated Billy Baldwin's daughter, not Stephen Baldwin's daughter. <laughs> 
But it's like your grandparents would have cared. Instead, we get this kid who, like you said, is machine built. Like you feed all this raw material and his team is producing the songs to sound like everybody else. They're coaching his vocals to sound like everything else. Every single, every one of these songs sounds, at best, to me, that's the thing. They're, they're completely competent. And they're, I mean, they're very slick. I said competent is, is no, they're hyper competent. The problem is, is that they lack any soul. I don't blame him for it. What I do is I blame the Plato Fun Factory that pushes talent in one end and extrudes a pressed shape out of the other end. But is this a new thing? I mean, we mentioned Ricky Nelson before. I think they were doing that with Ricky Nelson and Pat Boone in the late 50s. I don't think this is a new thing, especially in the music business. What's no, new is how he got discovered. Yeah, he didn't go is, to the frickin' uh, fame school and he wasn't, his family wasn't on a sitcom. He was through Vine and YouTube. Well, and, how about this? There's a continuum between Ricky Nelson and K-pop. And, uh, you know, if K-pop is the ultimate cynical end of just yes. shoveling shoveling kids like coal to stoke a furnace, yes. then there's the, you know, sort of person who found their talent and kind of cultivated it a little more organically. This kid's somewhere in the middle where, you know, there is a machine to build child oh, factories. And, you know, they looked right <laughs> at him and said, they said, do you want to make a billion dollars and do you want to be the star of your age and it's like they looked at him yeah. and they knew exactly what they needed it wasn't it wasn't even a gamble they knew exactly what they needed to do these yeah. songs that I listen to you know there's no trace of him even if he wrote them it's like all those fucking Scotty McCreary songs right they were factory yeah. written to burnish his image to make it sound like it was the most him thing he could possibly do and I think it's the same thing with Shawn Mendes where all these songs if I, I guess I'm dancing around the point the, the songs are I would say 92% girl I am the best boyfriend you could imagine and you deserve yes. to be worshipped that's 92% yes. of, I mean, all the songs, that was most yeah. of John Mayer. John Mayer had a little bit more of a Randy thing, but Ed Sheeran is still, all these sensitive, soft yeah. little guys, uh, you know, are more about, you know, girl, you are the best thing that ever happened to me, and I'm going to treat you like a princess. But and this is far from new. I won't lie to you. I know he's just not right for you. And you could tell me if I'm off, but I see it on your face when you say that he's the one that you want. And you're spending all your time in this wrong situation, and anytime you want it to stop. I know I can treat you better. What? I mean, I feel like you've gotten at this, but why Sean Mendes? Let's say that he's not being handled when he's on Vine. That is almost as, as uh, organic as one could get. And so you're dealing with the the marketplace of what YouTube and Vine is. And so he did that on his own steam. So you're measured more on the metrics of how superficial. I, I, one of my notes here was this is an empire built on six-second snippets of other people's music. For some reason, all this talent was proven beyond the shadow of a doubt, like, you know, arms on a munitions range, it was proven through six-second snippets. I mean, if there was anything in our lives, Noah, that could have been exploited in six-second chunks and that rocketed us to the top, I'm all ears because I would love to know what that might have been. So somehow what he had was easily saleable in six-second chunks. Is that the first part? Is that the only part? Is this a continuation? Are his songs... Now, the ones that three albums in, are they still six-second snippets? Is it the same kind of like, people just want the whole package, they don't care what the song is, because the song sounded the same. He is so crunchable down to a six-second snippet. That's that's how deep it is. Like, you just need to get the six seconds correct, and you have this, this pop star quotient, this uh, success built for you. I mean, it looks to me like his fan base is exclusively 15-year-old girls. Yeah. How... You know, I mean, that's I, I feel like I cracked the code. I feel like I got it. I, I don't 
don't know how much deeper than that, you know, than it is. What he grows up into, you know, when this kid starts to, his sales begin to differentiate and he grows, you know, he can actually shave. I'd be interested to see what his music sounds like when he, when he, you know, picks up the sitar and starts hanging out with Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh. But for right now... Whoa! That's accusing him of something serious. That dude murdered people. <laughs> it would be interesting. And he's dead! Um, and he's dead. Anyway, so yeah, what do you, why do you think he's popular? Yeah, there's not much to it. I think I think his charm is very readily apparent and was very easy to pick up on in a six-second snippet. I mean, we, we've said this earlier. He's unthreateningly cute. He's very cute. I think he's a very... He's dreamy. That song, uh, Nervous, which is my favorite song of his, the video, I'm like, you just look at it, you're like, oh my God, like this guy is dreamy. That word really applies. He is factory built to appeal to the emerging sexual interest of a 15-year-old girl, heterosexual girl. He's unthreateningly cute. He's alarmingly cute. He has an unthreateningly good voice. So he's able to express it in six seconds, which is why he stood out on Vine. Also, as we often say, he won the lottery. I'm sure there were people just as talented and just as cute on Vine, but for whatever reason, he was found by the right people, the right time, the right place, and he caught on. His charms are very easily digestible. Also, he's malleable. You know, I think a lot of what happens with people like this is they're able, you know, the Svengalis can get their hooks into them and make something out of them. They don't resist that. I, I think, think that's, that's a great a point. Problem. Actually, that's a fantastic right. point. Yeah. And I think sometimes they do like, I mean, look, Miley Cyrus and Justin Bieber are still very successful, but you hear all the story and Britney Spears, all the stories about them going crazy, shaving their head and getting tattoos and, and, and saying that, you know, blacks should go back to Africa and whatever. Shawn Mendes, at least so far, he plays the game right and he, and he lets people use him in the right way. So mm. he's, yeah, he's the Play-Doh fun factory. He's, he's good Play-Doh. He's very unthreatening. He's very bland. He's got wide appeal. You know, there's nothing ethnic about him. And Canada is, is as unexotic as it gets as far as the average American knows. Average American thinks, you're right, thinks Canada is a state. I, I will say something else. Last week we talked about Bo Burnham. I mean, Bo Burnham is comedian and actor and also, I think, his talent far dwarfs Sean Mendes's talent. One thing I thought was interesting about Bo Burnham is I feel like Bo Burnham, and I said this, embodies a new type of masculinity. You know, Bo Burnham has the kind of personality that like 30, 35, 40 years ago, people would have called him a homo because they just, they would have thought he wasn't masculine enough and they would have sure. wondered if he's gay. But like, there's almost a new form of masculinity. It isn't the hyper macho. It's a little more sensitive, a little more flighty. And I think- It's a, cor it's a course correct. I think, yeah. Right. On the other hand, teen idols have always had a slightly androgynous thing. So as not to be threatening the 14-year-old. Some, some of them the, have, not all of you them. You look at the, yeah. right, the feathered hair of like your Leif Garretts and Sean Cassidy's and, the, and David Cassidy and stuff like that. Yeah. But I think Sean Mendes is similar to Bo Burnham in that, especially when you see an interview with him, he doesn't talk in a deep, hyper-masculine voice and he doesn't talk about throwing back beers and, and watching football and eating beef jerky. He's, he's got a new form of sensitive masculinity. So his dreaminess, other than just being having pin-up good looks, he's got a kind of sexiness that really speaks to the era in a way it wouldn't have spoken to the era 30 or more years ago. There are a lot of good reasons why he's famous. They're not complicated, but they make sense. Love it when you just don't care. Love it when you dance like there's nobody there. So when it gets hard, don't be afraid. We don't care what them people say. All right, Uncle No-No, would you yes. have liked this if you were a kid? No, because I didn't. <laughs> because 
he's for girls and i was not a girl so no yeah Uh, i mean i might i might have even scorned him out of my like lack of self-esteem like the way like the new kid should die you know stuff like that i was one of those kids briefly I think I would have crapped more on Justin Bieber just because he's more annoying. Uh, I think I just Shawn Mendes would have gone in one ear and out the other. Couldn't have cared less. Yeah, what about you? Yeah, I got to agree with you. I think that there is nothing nutritious here. This doesn't. I mean, this this idiom of music, the kind of acoustic pop with an R and B beat. I mean, if we hadn't specified, that's what he's doing. That's what his sound is. It's this acoustic guitar with a kind of like syncopated, um, you know, track based beat behind him with a lot of oohs and ahs and back backing vocals by you know smooth crooners that sound doesn't interest me i mean so there's the music itself i mean there's the personality of the guy then there's the music itself the music is nowhere in my listening habits i never had anything to do with that kind of sound it's too stripped down to me it's way too what i would say it's corporate for today the irony is is that i grew up listening to the corporate music of the 80s and i fucking loved it i mean i couldn't get enough of toto and journey and these like stadium filling songs were incredible but the corporate sound of the 80s those songs had some it was lush and those songs were predicated on excellent musicianship let's not forget that yeah no it's true you could not have made journey and toto in asia successes without those guys being incredibly talented musicians but i did yeah and 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 likewise those guys were extruded from the same factory it's just that they were they were older first of all when when they got to the they were older they were men you know but they weren't required to be teenagers the way they are today those were those guys were in their 30s when they were doing uh, separate ways and all that some difference some seminal difference in the lushness of the sound of what pop music sounded like as opposed to how sort of stripped down it is. This sort of quasi-honest, hey, it's just a guy in his blue eyes and a guitar on his lap and a pair of blue jeans and he's barefoot and he's just pouring his heart out. Like, I never wanted any of that. That doesn't get me, but on, on also the, the kid, this guy... His whole thing is not attractive to me, too. I see, especially for a child, uh, there's a lack of complexity, which I know is, like, reflexive to say that. Of course there's a lack of complexity. Much less of a chance with this guy than with Bo Burnham. Once he matures into a more complex thing, I would be very interested in seeing what it is the guy does with a talent when he kind of shakes off the the strictures of whatever the form puts on him and says, I want to do my own thing. You know, he could wind up doing not trap but it's like what if he applied his voice to like Farrell type like what if Farrell produced his next album Pharrell yeah. sorry Pharrell Williams Pharrell. you know it's like that would instantly be way more interesting that would have yeah. uh, something built onto it that is not there now I, uh, I, I mean hell even if Scott, if Scotty McCreary had a Pharrell produced album that would probably be more interesting you know but but I but I digress <laughs> No, I I think that I I agree. And I feel like we talked about a few people like this, like they're a machine product, but we can see enough potential in them. They might rise and grow into being something more than a machine product. We we didn't feel that way about, I think, K-pop. We didn't feel that way about Lana Del Rey. Who are other musicians that we hated? Well, you hated Bruno hated? Mars. I didn't hate him so much. Yeah. But but even you admit that Bruno Mars has talent. And if Bruno Mars set his mind to something interesting, he could create something interesting. No, no, you're not wrong. Uh, I was going to say, we didn't really hate... We talked about Cardi. We didn't hate her. No, we Cardi talked did. about uh, Ray Schremer. We didn't hate him. I, the, hate, the hating was pretty much just limited to like one or two people. That's all. Lana Del Rey, um, we didn't re- Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, that was, and Scotty McCreary. I really was not a big fan of Scotty McCreary either. Yeah. But, you know, I, I mean, we, we, so we've sort of, you know, that's the thing. Our, the musicians on this show, we've always wound up almost talking about qualified people for the most part and just it being a taste level. And for that, for we, that, you know, that's kind of what we got to find right the now. worst thing in the world that's popular right now. We got to find something 
that is like so loathsome. We got to find wait, like the Donald Trump it. of entertainment. And you, yeah. you, we have to do this in the Hoogie Boogie Land. <laughs> oh my God! We have to tweet out that link. If if, if no Oogie Boogie, uh, is that what Oogie, Oogie Boogie, Boogie Land, Land or Ho- Oogie, Oogie Boogie, Boogie Land? Land? There's no look. There's no war. There's no war there. There's a video. Those who don't know what we're talking about, it's it's from the '90s and it got passed around the internet ten years ago. There's a video. It's like from a public access show in Texas of a band somewhere in Texas, and they might. I mean, it's no exaggeration to say they might literally be the worst band in history. And it's amazing how bad they are. And you keep thinking like it must be a joke, but apparently it's not. It's the worst song anyone has ever heard. Help me. It's like the walls are caving in. Sometimes I feel like giving up, but I just can't. It isn't in my blood. Laying on the bathroom floor, feeling nothing. I'm overwhelmed and insecure. Give me something I could take to ease my mind. Is Sean Mendes a sign of the apocalypse, Bill? No, he's a continuance of, like you said, a long legacy. He's the uh, he's holding onto the throne, the crown uh, of the the, the, the the coral cut crown of Ricky Nelson. The uh, he's sitting on the the what is it? The Scoon Stone, the Stone of Scoon that you place beneath the throne as he's coronated. Never heard of that? He is this uh, latest inheritor to a line. There's many concurrent uh, monarchs of the flavor of the month. These guys who are fished out of obscurity or semi-obscurity or, or you know, like like people would say to us, hey, Noah, before you do something big, I want to check in on how many Twitter followers you have to see whether you're worth us investing. So yeah. the thing is this... I've had came- people literally say that to me. Yeah, I've had yeah. prize sponsors at the big quiz thing say... How many Twitter followers do you have? Not enough. Done. It's amazing. And so, and so this kid's uh, six million Vine followers was enough to like you know okay that yeah. gets you a seat at the table at Island Records. You know all of a sudden you got an A and R guy and they're uh, rolling out a, a you know they're they're setting your dinner table in front of you, putting your lobster fork and your butter knife in front of you, and you get to eat with the big boys now. He's not a sign of the apocalypse. He's just not even maple syrup. That fucking glue. Uh, that's that syru- syrupy sucrose shit you get when you go to McDonald's. Whatever the right the, sh- the, yeah, imit- the little in the little packet right. Yeah, the uh, little maple maple scented breakfast topping. Yes. Maple scented breakfast, it's topping juice sauce. Yeah, I, I I think he's better than that because I can stand him. I can't stand maple scented okay. liquid. We're not talking about your breakfast. We're talking about my okay. breakfast here. Okay, but okay. I, I I don't think he's a sign of the apocalypse. Uh, he's just you know what I mean. He's kind of just a sign of business as usual. There are a number of light motifs to this show, Noah. I mean, I know that we keep hammering the same points where we have used the term machine assembled and like factory craft and yeah. you know or, or things to that euphemisms to that effect and and you know we keep wondering it's an easy topic for us to look into the machine and say well what has the fame uh, wheel of fortune spat out for us this week in in whatever is it comedy is it music is it some other field you know what is it and he's just another young person tossed out by internet approved and sort of like machine capitalism tested i agree but i will add and i've added this a lot that he's fine for now the problem is or will be when he becomes the gold standard of talent i don't know if i've said this before but i don't like when people show hero worship for Whitney Houston because while I think Whitney Houston was fine I think she's so overrated and I Mm. don't like that people treat her as one of the all-time greats I feel somewhat similarly about Mariah Carey oh man these are these these are fighting words man you're talking about two of the the preeminent pop singers of the late 20th century I think Whitney I think Whitney Houston had no soul 
whatsoever. I think oh, she was pure technique. Mariah Carey's got some. I think she's pure technique. Terrible song choices. Terrible song choices. I mean, a couple of them are okay. I want to dance with somebody who loves me who's peppy, but like the greatest love of all is just among the worst songs ever written. I, I don't have a problem with Whitney Houston per se. I have a problem with the fact that people like you say she's one of the greatest singers ever mm-hmm. and that people put her on par with michael jackson or stevie wonder or even stevie nicks just the, the really or share not share captain like, beefheart yeah Gigi allen harry nelson <laughs> um harry nelson a great voice yeah. people hold them up to be the the gold standard and that's that's what i'm afraid of it's fine if sean mendes has a few hit albums and singles and he just pumped out of every Starbucks for a couple of years. I'm bothered that Britney Spears is still famous because I think she sucks. And, you know, I didn't have a problem in 1999 when she first emerged, but the fact that she's still, like, A-list, I just think is really kind of sad. So I don't want Shawn Mendes becoming A-list. I don't want him, like, going down in history as one of the greatest singers of all time. But mm-hmm. short of that, I, I don't care, and I'm not upset. Here's here's the sign of the apocalypse, Noah. In yeah. about three three months from now, we're going to be talking about the next one of these, and they're going to say my big influence was <laughs> Sean Mendes. Sean Mendes. Or here's the thing. How about this? Let's duplex it. In the same month, we're going to yeah. get an artist saying my biggest influence is Sean Mendes, and and he's going to get a lifetime achievement award from. <laughs> yes. uh, <laughs> Lifetime Achievement Award from the for Grammys. someone who's 20 and a half years old. The inspiration behind Life of the Party is, uh, as a teenager, I definitely noticed that there was times where I felt like I didn't fit in. I was starting to like doubt myself, like how cool I was or whatever. And I think like when it really comes down to it, to simplify it, it's just about loving who you are as a person. Noah, is yes. my dislike based in jealousy? Is your dislike based in jealousy as well? You know, I'm tempted to say like, oh, I'm jealous and you must get more girls than I ever got. I'm getting too old for that crap. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> sure. I wish when I was 19, I had looked like that and had girls screaming my name, but you know, what are you going to do? Uh, no, I'm not jealous. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I, I, there's something so, man, I don't know. Part of this is the, the fabrication and the polishing, but there's just something about, sometimes you're born that pretty. You know, sometimes your voice is, just has that tone to yeah. it. It's just and like, by the way, know, in those Vine videos where he's unpolished, he's still very handsome. This was, oh, this yeah. was more than a celebrity stylist. He's got, yeah. He, he, no, he that's what I'm saying. He was, he was yeah. born pretty. And there's just some natural thing. You know, look, I, I, you know, I always bring this up. I'm doing fine. I'm doing Doing okay for myself my ego is okay you know yet i could reach back in time and wonder what would it be like to just be effortlessly gorgeous and to live the life live life as a beautiful pretty person and to have all the advantages of being a beautiful pretty person uh, thrown at you you know which is passive you just show up in a room and people just you know expel breath uh, as soon as you walk in and he's one of these guys and I mean, I wonder what, that's the only thing, I mean, that, that's a, it's a potent jealousy. Again, we don't do the same things, but it's the wonder of the advantage of the beautiful person. And it's like, there, I don't think there's anybody alive who's not going to say, you, he may not be your specific pulchritudinous version of perfection. However, no one's going to dispute he's not a pretty boy. He's, he is. I mean, that that's fine. And so likewise, if he's not your thing, he's a billion and a half other people's thing. And he, he reaps the benefits from that. What would his career be if he looked like Biz Markie? 
If he sounded like he sounds now, <laughs> but he looked like Bismarcky, he would have yeah. a, a his his you know path to stardom would be a lot more twisty and rocky. I, I think have... he might still make it if if he had a sense of humor about it and he was the lovable fat black guy with a great voice and the star power. I think he mm-hmm. could do it. All right, I'm going to bring this thing in because we got to get we got to we got to we got to make room for another podcast at some point. All right, so yes. so if you want to find past episodes, look for us on iTunes, Apple Music thing. SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher. Tweet to us at Noah and Bill Show. Write to us, Noah and Bill Don't Get It at gmail.com. Visit the website, I Don't Get It Podcast. Give us the review. We're asking nicely. Uh, look for me on Twitter at, at William Scurry. And on YouTube, I'm at AM Caesar. Noah Tar- the, the busy Noah Tarno, which I guess we should, we should uh, do a little site business in that we have um, an interruption coming up. Yeah. Because my friend Noah is on walkabout through the uh, out- Egyptian outback. He's, he's yeah. looking for the dream time. Yeah. Uh, right? So you, you're going to take— Egypt? No, the dream time is Native Americans, right? Oh, wait, I'm thinking of Australia. Sorry, Australia. Yeah. That's what Austra- I meant. Right. Dreamtime is the Australian Aborigines. Yes, yeah, the Aborigines. So, yeah, you're... you're it's on, not Egypt, though. It's not Egypt. You're on walkabout. It's definitely not Egypt. You're on walkabout yeah. for a couple of weeks, so yeah. we are going to take a hiatus, and then when we return, we will have a bunch of uh, live episodes. I say live. I mean the two of us live. Uh, where in we, the same we, room. We go at a tooth and nail, yeah. uh, and, and we, we, we stand and trade MMA style over these uh, hot topics, right? Am, yeah. I, am I not mistaken? Correct. Yeah, so I am... I am Headed, I'm not going to Australia. Uh, I'm headed east uh, for <laughs> personal and big quiz thing business, bigquizthing.com. And since it is summer, uh, it now can be told we are we are doing a couple rare public events. Uh, uh, August 7th, we will be back at our old Boston home of Oberon in Harvard Square, a public big quiz thing event, trivia game show spectacular, big prizes. Learn more at bigquizthing.com. Uh, actually, you can't learn more there right now. you got to go to our Facebook page. Okay. And then I'm announcing here for the first time that we will also be doing a public event in New York City. We'll be returning to La Poisson Rouge in Greenwich Village on Monday, August 20th. I will be personally hosting both events, so come out, come say hi, relive the old days of trivia fun. Uh, and then, of course, our main business, private and corporate events nationwide. I'm headed to Minnesota tonight for an event there. And then we got uh, events in Dallas and Portland and all over the country. So uh, learn more Big Quiz Thing. Dot com and Twitter, Instagram at Big All right, look dude. So, so you he's, he's you have he's the busting perfect. busting his ass traveling around the country. I'm busting for you. my that's, ass that's for amazing. You. Yeah, look at wild. me. I'm taking two red eyes in less than a week. All right, so uh, we got to get back to making six second Vine videos, guys. Yes. Until we see you next in a few weeks, we don't get it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises, 2018.